Welcome back to my podcast, Loving Courageous. I'm your host, Demetrius, and today I'll be talking about the midterm election, what it is, and basically who you vote for. The primary election is the election where people get to vote for the candidate that will be on the ballot for the general election, which is the presidential election. The midterm election is also known as the primary election where it's all about Congress. So you vote for people that you are wanting to control Congress. So Congress is the legislative branch of the government. So Congress contains House of Representatives and Senators. So the House of Representatives has up to 435 people and the Senators has 100. Now the people that are in the House of Representatives, their term only lasts for two years. So the seats are up for election every two years. Now, however, the Senate has a six-year term. Now, about one-third of the 100 people in the Senate are up for election every two years. The midterm election is important because you decide which party controls the House of Representatives and who controls the Senate. So I'm going to list the people that you vote for when it comes to the midterm election. So you do the president, you do the House of Representatives, you do the governor, lieutenant governor, secretary of state, state auditor, state treasurer, attorney general, agriculture commissioner, labor commissioner, insurance commissioner, state senate, state representative, North Carolina Supreme Court justice, North Carolina Court of Appeals Judge, Superior Court Judge, District Court Judge, District Attorney, County Commissioner, Clerk of Superior Court, and Register of these. Now, I want to go over a few of these job descriptions of exactly what they do, because I think it's important that everyone understands what each and one of these people do when they are in these positions. So I want to start off with the Secretary of State. So this person is the one that is assigned by the president with advice and consent of the Senate. And this person is also the president, chief foreign affairs advisor. The secretary of state brings out the president foreign policies through the state department. That includes the civil service, U.S. agency for international development and the foreign service. Now, the state treasurer is a person that works in the state government to manage and distribute public funds. So I'm going to list a few responsibilities that people in this position have. Managing a state tax-free savings program for higher education. Overseeing pension funds and their retirement system for state employees. Overseeing payroll for government employees, including public school employees. Managing the state treasury payments and disbursements, assisting local governments with statewide initiatives. So now I'm going to get into the attorney general, which they are supposed to direct and supervise the administration and operation of the 40 components that consist of the Department of Justice. So I'm just going to list a few duties that the attorney general is responsible for. 
So they represent the United States in legal matters, perform or supervise the performance of other duties required by statute or executive order, furnish advice and opinions, formal and informal, on legal matters to the president and the cabinet and to the heads of the executive departments and agencies of the government as provided by law. Make any recommendations to the president concerning appointments to federal judicial positions and to the positions within the department, including U.S. Marshals and U.S. Attorneys. Represent or supervise the representation of the United States government and the Supreme Court of the U.S. and other courts, foreign and domestic. Now I want to talk about the U.S. Senator. So this person, first I want to say that they have to be at least 30 years old, a U.S. citizen, and live in the state, whichever one they're trying to represent for at least nine years. Now, this person is responsible to write and vote on laws. Now, the U.S. representative, they have to be at least 25 years old, a U.S. citizen, and have to live in the state that they are trying to represent at least for seven years. Now, their responsibilities is to introduce bills and offer amendments serve on committees, and vote to pass laws in Congress. Now I want to speak on the difference between the district court and the superior court. So the district court judge is the one that handles misdemeanors, also smaller cases and civil cases that are between $10,000 and $25,000. Now the superior court judge is the one that handles cases that involves felony, civil cases, that involves $25,000 or more. The superior court judge is what mainly handle all cases. All right, so now the labor commissioner, this one is someone that is responsible to oversee the administration of state laws that is related to workforce and labor. So their responsibilities include ensuring that all workers are treated fairly under law, Overseeing investigation of non-payment of wages over time, prevailing wage disputes, and the state minimum wage. Now I'm going to get into the insurance commissioner. So this person is the head of the State Department of Insurance, and they serve as a member of the Council of State and also the State Fire Marshal. Now their duties are to regulate the insurance industry handle insurance-related complaints, and license insurance agents. Now, also, because they are the state fire marshal, they also interpret building codes, train firefighters, and also award grants to fire and rescue departments for equipment. Now, these are just a few that I wanted to list that are important, but I just want everyone to know who you can vote for and why it's important to vote for these people. But also, it is early voting time, so um, depends on what state you're living in. For me, it's early voting. And just to let everybody know, please go out there and vote. Vote early if you can. And also make sure you check your mailboxes because they will have some people that are running in your area that will probably send you a flyer saying things that they're trying to accomplish if you vote for them. So just keep that in mind. 
But if you have not registered to vote, please do. And please make sure y'all vote, whether it's early voting or whether you vote when the regular voting time um, occurs. But that is all for that. And I'm about to get into the Black History Month fact of today. So the Black History fact of today, I'll be talking about the 21 black boys that were burned to death in the segregated and neglected reform school in Arkansas. So on March the 5th, 1959, there were 21 black boys that passed away in a fire after being left alone and locked inside their dorm at a neglected and segregated reform school in Arkansas. The teenagers were living at the Negro Boys Industrial School, a juvenile work farm located just outside the predominantly black town of Wrightsville. Arkansas. The boys were between the ages of 13 and 17. Now, these boys were considered homeless or orphans and considered delinquent because of the minor crimes that supposedly they did. That's the reason why they were living there. Now, during this time, Black people were arrested and was charged for anything. So it was known that one of the black boys were sent there for riding a white boy's bicycle, even though the white boy mother told law enforcement that the black boy had permission to ride the bike. And there is a complete difference between the white reform schools and the black reform schools in Arkansas. So the white schools were more put towards education. And the white boys were actually treated like students. And they were taught vocational skills like carpentry and metalwork. Now, the black boys were treated like prisoners and were forced to farm the land around the school and to do manual labor. The kids were also forced to live in dangerous conditions even before the fire. A lot of the boys had to go days with only rags for clothes. Some of them didn't even wear socks or underwear and also to see them going weeks without bathing because the water at the school was considered undrinkable. Now, the night the fire happened, the boys were in their dorms, abandoned by staff members, and was locked in from the outside. So therefore, it was impossible for a lot of the boys to get out of the room. Now, there were only... 48 boys that were able to break out of the building by jumping out of a window. But 21 of the boys actually wound up passing away in a fire. Now, they say that the fire was investigated, but no one was ever held accountable. That is all for today. Thank you everyone for tuning in and listening to my podcast. For next weekend, I'll be speaking on the officer that mistaken an acorn, supposedly, for a gunshot.